Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 182, Perfect Timing, The Nuances of Timing Components. Um, this one I'm going to be reading again from a trade magazine, but it's a, it's a good article about timing chains and gears and sprockets and things like that that help keep the engine in time properly. Uh, again, it's uh, it's written for technicians, but it's not that hard to understand, and, and hopefully you'll get something out of it and understand a little bit more about your engine and how it works and so on and so forth. Um, this is from a trade magazine called Underhood Service, and the uh, author is Eric Garb. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right, not, not Garby. Hopefully it's Garb. So anyway, a couple quick commercials. Uh, if you ever want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Brad Kyle's Motorworks, so check that out. Okay, so here we go. Perfect timing, the nuances of timing components. I'm going to read kind of a, uh, let's call it a preamble, and then we'll get into the article itself. When you work as an auto technician, high performance is rarely a topic in your normal day-to-day routine. The majority of the motoring public bringing you their car simply doesn't care or know about the nuances of an engine. They only want their car to start and run with no warning lights, no weird noises, cold air conditioning, and a good radio. If you can make all that work, you're going to make most of your customers happy. The interesting aspect of modern vehicle technology is that much of it, as it relates to performance, is a result of lessons learned from racing in the context of engine performance. The same is true, and though most vehicle owners don't care, as technicians we can easily draw parallels between an everyday driver and the high-performance characteristics that are associated with their engines. One of the primary factors is engine timing. As engine builders know, degreeing a cam is critical for a high-performance build. If you skip the step, aside from the potential of engine damage, there's a very likely potential for power loss, and while it might be comparatively minor, it's just not acceptable. As technicians, this isn't something we do as part of a standard repair, because again, our customers don't, our customer doesn't care. If you're replacing a worn-out timing chain or camshaft, your customer will be tickled pink that their engine runs good again, and timing only involves lining up the marks and moving on. Years ago, nothing about the stock engine was that precise anyhow, but that was back then. Today's world is different. Anything less than perfect timing, perfect timing has never been acceptable in the performance world, and now it's not acceptable by auto manufacturers either. The critical importance of valve timing is not, hard to, is not lost to them, and variable valve timing coupled with computer-controlled technology means today's engines, regardless of where they rank in the performance world, rely on perfect timing for drivability, performance, and economy. Engine timing has become so critical for overall performance that not only does the computer store a trouble code with even the slightest of devi- devi- deviance from program parameters, but determining a timing issue has become one of the more recent diagnostic topics, and the use of cylinder pressure transducers coupled with an oscilloscope allows us to interpret cylinder pressure and, by comparison, as well as learn knowledge, we can determine without teardown if there is a timing-related issue. 
When it comes to engine repair as auto technicians, in many ways we have, easy, we have it easy because we don't have to make decisions on what to use and how to install it. We use the correct replacement parts and follow instructions. Of course, we still just line up the marks. As long as we get that correct, the computer will do the rest. <clears throat> but building an engine is a different story, and timing components take no less consideration than any other component. Performance engine builders have to make the choice and have to get it set up right. Their reputation is on the line, and the choice comes down to chain, gears, or belts, each one with distinct differences and pros and cons. Timing chains. Different styles of timing chains have been utilized over the years, including the silent chain and the single and double row roller chains. The silent chain, which is a series of links that are controlled excuse me, contoured to mesh with the, gear, with the gear teeth is also known as a link belt or non-roller chain. It was an effective chain for mass-produced engines that weren't intended for high-performance use, but they build heat and create wear. Over time, they developed a reputation for jumpy teeth as they wore, which was in part due to some manufacturers using aluminum gears with nylon teeth because it saved a couple pennies. The roller chain, which was developed in the 60s, was so named because the barrels that contact the teeth on the timing gears are separate components that rotate around the link pins, ultimately reducing friction, meaning less heat and less drag. A double row version of the roller chain was developed for better valve train control on performance engines and often used on performance or truck engines of the time, lending to their popularity as a performance modification, but in many cases it wasn't necessary. Most modern engines do not require a double row chain, says Kale Risinger of Melling. Double row sets are not required unless the engine has some very heavy valve spring pressures. Basically, if you are going to do something in the engine such as heavy spring pressure that will make the cam more difficult to rotate, then a double row is recommended, but for 99% of all builds, a single row would be more than adequate. So, the double roller chain is still a common modification, even when not necessarily, excuse me, even when not necessary, because in part, perhaps in part, to use on factory performance engines, an age-old perception of a necessary engine that can only, that can Oh boy. An age-old perception of a necessary upgrade that only grew over time. Sorry about that. However, one of the reasons the single-row chains were originally utilized is that they didn't take up much space on the front of an engine block, so it's always important to keep in mind that a double roller is twice as wide, and you could run into interference issues with a timing cover or engine block. On some roller chains, the pins and barrels do not actually spin or rotate, but because they are round, they still roll over the sprocket teeth as they contact them. The reference to a true roller chain came about to differentiate between the two and weed out the limitators. Most timing chain gear sets are made of cast iron, but billet gears are the most popular upgrade for extreme durability. Some cam gears are machined to accept a Torrington bearing on the rear, which acts as a thrust bearing to reduce friction and block wear. Many chains are 
accused of stretching when in reality it's wear occurring on the link pins and gear teeth that creates the appearance of a, a chain increasing in length. Oil changes are one of the most important things that can slow down this occurrence. However, it's going to happen on any chain over time. Just a quick sidebar on that. I hardly ever, in my personal experience of working on BMWs, I have rarely had to replace timing chains or timing components as far as chains and gears and things like that. I think one of the reasons is because I'm such a big advocate of have doing oil filter changes every 5,000 miles. So the oil never gets dirty enough and doesn't have enough abrasive in it to really start causing, you know, any kind of major uh, timing chain wear, okay? But obviously this car that, that I worked on the other day uh, came in with, um, you know, it didn't have a timing chain problem, but, um, you know, that it can happen, okay? But I very, very, very rarely ever see it, okay? No matter how you stack it, chains still rule the street build. They are affordable and they get the job done. The double roller may be more than needed for many applications, but is there ever anything wrong with building it strong? Gear drives. The benefit of a gear drive is that they achieve a greater timing accuracy by eliminating any chain-related characteristics of flex or stretch, but they are also more expensive than chains and they can be noisy. The noise, however, is often desirable by some hot rodders as it emits a turbocharger, excuse me, supercharger type sound. Theoretically, gear drives are stronger and last longer than chains, meaning they can handle all the valve spring pressure you can throw at them. Potential drawbacks include clearance during installation. Often the engine block will require modification and some gear drives require a special cover which could cause interference with engine mounted accessories. Another potential for problems is the clearance between gears that must be correct in order for the teeth to mesh properly. A line boring can change the distance between the crank and camshaft, so adjustments may be required at the idle gear. Also well known with the engine builders is concern that a gear drive system can transfer harmonics into the valve train, potentially leading to camshaft or valve train failure, and some gear drive manufacturers don't recommend them for high revving engines for this reason. Much testing has been done, it, done in regard to this, but the jury appears to still be out on, the, on this argument. Belt drive systems. Belt drive systems are nothing more than a traditional tooth timing belt setup similar to what we use to see on overhead cam engines. They are mo the most expensive since they are the most radical departure from a stock cam drive, but they offer a lot of advantages when adapted to a traditional overhead valve V8. As with most traditional timing belts, they run dry. Cam and crank seals that come as part of the kit kits keep the oil in the engine and off the belt. The belts don't stretch and they're quiet, offering minimal friction compared to chains or gear drives. They eliminate harmonics from being transferred into the valve train and they are excellent for high RPM applications. Belt drive systems are the pro choice of pro stock, NASCAR, and many other forms of racing due to their benefits. The fact that they run dry means it is easy to make timing adjustments since the belts are open on the front of the engine and front mount distributors are a common, commonly available option that can be beneficial to racers from both a service and design standpoint. Belt in oil systems. In standard production engines, timing belts offer the same benefits as they do for performance. They are lightweight, 
quiet and offer minimal friction compared to chains. Traditionally, we have always known that if engine oil gets on a timing belt, it is going to cause problems. Replacing the front engine shaft seal is a normal part of a timing belt service. In recent years, the use of belt in oil timing drives has grown. I thought it was awful strange at first to what I was familiar with. However, these new systems are very specific to the engine oil they require. Not only is the belt material better, but the oil contains special additives that protect the rubber and prevent aging of the parts. As can be expected, the oil change interval becomes even more critical than ever, and if it's ignored, it can spell trouble. The advantages of these systems, as at least it is claimed by manufacturers, is reduced friction versus a standard belt of up to 30%. It all goes toward improved fuel economy and reduces emissions. Can it add performance? Well, reduced friction is reduced friction. I've heard of systems being able to for the small block Chevy, but I've yet to find any information on them. With the high-performance world of engine builders uh, see this innovation as it already, but there, wow, see this innovation, or is it already out there in elusive form? I wouldn't be surprised to see development of these systems in the future, all in the quest for a perfect timing. So that's that one. Uh, you know, just nuances of valve timing. It, it may not seem like a really uh, interesting thing. There's a lot of technology that goes into it, a lot of the, uh, the number of the sensors that I talked about this morning. And uh, the reason that I uh, uh, talk about that particular one is, is that their, uh, BMW, as a for instance, has had uh, started out with timing chains, some of the engines they went to timing belt many, many, many years ago, and then they went back to timing chains uh, on the vast majority of the engines nowadays. Some have single roller, some are double roller. Um, some of the timing chains, there's a separate chain that goes between the crankshaft and camshaft, and then you have a separate chain that goes between the two camshafts. So, uh, so it, it takes all kinds. So anyway... I appreciate you listening. Again, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Brad Kyle's Motorworks. So check that out. I appreciate it. Um, Hope you got something out of it. I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.